It's like I'm having the most beautiful dream. And the most terrible nightmare all at once. Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. So I've clicked start streaming. Go to the YouTube channel and check. Well, I'm already there. I'm already there. Have faith. Okay. Whoa. Where did that voice come from? I didn't mean to do that. Alec Baldwin is joining the podcast. Hello, it's Alec Baldwin. 30 years acting experience. <laughs> Shadon. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Shadon. I was on my way to the airport. And I thought, I have to be on this podcast because I love anime. Me, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> well, uh, what have you to say? Thank to that? you very much. Uh, thank you, Alec Baldwin. Um, I, I don't really have much else I can say to that. Thank you for you know tuning into this podcast at this early stage. Oh, thank you for having me. You know what? No, take that back. God bless you. You know you're blessed. I'm blessing this podcast with my wonderful presence now. I only have one more thing to say, and that is, fuck Arena Net. Bruce, hit my music. It's only appropriate this is we have Val Halloran. I do indeed have a fight. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and empties. Welcome to Streamer Fort Season 3. The third strike. Tres! <laughs> and we are once again to talk about <laughs> oh, we're once again to talk about banana fish and joining me in the digital studio stay halfway across the world it is of course my stalwart companion friend and occasional you know figure maker figure troublemaker you know with all of his stuff that he's got in his office the soul doctor 
Come, Mr. Tallyman, and tally me banana. Yes. That's all I have <laughs> Oh, I, I, what, The okay. correct response I, is Deo, I think. Ah, uh, I see. Well, I, I do have a question for you, Doc. Which one of us is going to be the first one to actually eat a banana on stream for this <laughs> Oh, that's such a good idea. How did they not um, think look, of this? Oh. Look, I think I think what we really need to do is just like, you know, we need to both ha eat a banana simultaneously and just have people rate on how sleazy it looks. <laughs> Make a competition out of it just for shits and giggles. Absolutely. That should, yes. That should be a thing. That anyway, should be a thing. Uh, um, are, we, uh, are, are, are we rolling? Does everything with the stream look good? Let us know if you're having problems. Unless it's about my hair, in which case I can't help it. It's genetic. Please leave me be. That's a that's a party foul. No, no ribbing on the hair. <laughs> so right. banana fish episode two, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> or or yeah, or bee fish, uh, as I've been, you know, naming it. When I name I, files I, I on my computer, say, I have to say I misheard you say that as beef fish. <laughs> that's a different show entirely. That that's that the that's the dojin I'm gonna make after this goes off is the air. Is that the pro wrestling you know equivalent of the crime element in this? You know, <laughs> you know, it's legal drugs going around. There's gay sex, and then it's just instead of crime, it's pro wrestling. You have an American wrestler, a Japanese wrestler. Japanese wrestlers new in town. Bit that bit shy. American pro wrestler, you know, he's the he's you know the big fucking cheap. See, this shit writes itself. This is my golden. I'm just fine replacing yes. you know crime with wrestling. This is my golden lover, Sojin. For sure. <laughs> oh show. So let's talk about Banana Fish episode two. Doc, take it away with who actually brought us this week's episode. <sighs> well, I have some bad news, sir. Oh great. <laughs> And that bad. Do you have any good news to go with these? Well, these bad news or okay. So I'm gonna have to like rely on the chat for this one, um, because the sources that I used to get the information for Darley Fra and um, MMO Junkie, they're not posting the banana fish information. And I was just looking on super basic, basic boys. So, mm -hmm. uh, looking on, um, like Wikipedia and my anime list and, um, anime news network, cobbling things together that way. And mm. none of them are listing like episode directors or main writers. You know, I just know Hiroshi Seko, right, is the writer. Um, but other than that, I mean, the people we talked about last time are all I know. I don't have any new information. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know that when we recorded Frank's, it was a few days after. Uh, and also, like, I don't know, maybe maybe some people will get into a rhythm with it when they start regularly covering it. I mean, it's mm -hmm. seasons just starting up. Like, some like yeah. people are covering a lot of things or have it narrowed down what they're going to cover. So hopefully, like, that information will become more common and start popping up. Um, if not, like, again, if anybody knows a place where I can find that stuff... Uh, let me know, and I'd love to mention it. Sure. I do have to say, though, when you said to your usual contacts, I thought you meant, like, trench coat wearing shady people you meet, like, at night. 
So like it's 4 a.m. in the morning, you're around the back of a 7-Eleven, you go, look, look, Steve, suspect Steve, and he got me the dirt on the enemies. I, uh, I called Marvin and no one picked up. I don't know. I don't know what's going mm, on. He's well, my guy. We'll He's my usual we'll get, guy. We'll so. get to Marvin later as it happened. <laughs> so, all right. So we're light on the on the ground as far as you know information about the actual episodes creators go this time. Right. right. But what we're not light on information about is the actual episode itself. So, the Sword Doctor, could you please give us your usual brand of delightful baritone and tell us what actually happens though too? All right. <clears throat> Insert like you know CNN news ticker noise like here. And now the news. Banana fish two in another country. No, I'm not going to do the whole thing like this. Uh, right. So, high level summary of what happened in the episode. So, uh, we begin with the standoff. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. Arthur and Marvin versus Ash. Uh, Skipper and Ag are hostages, and Ash agrees to agrees. He agrees. Ash agrees to give up his weapon. Right, he give up. He agrees to give up his gun. That was cruel of me. I should have done that. No, listen. All is fair game. So his sawed-off gun. You know, he gives it up. And uh, says, like, let him go. And then our, the OP begins. And can oh. I, what, what a hot banger, right? A straight hot banger in your ears. How many times have I made jokes about, like, you know, music from the early 2000s that you seem to despise? And yet we seem to get a tune that feels like it comes from that era, but also isn't pastiche and played out and also not shit. Like, I always start banging my head. It's good. I would have throw up the horns when this OP started. It's really fucking and, good. Mm, there is something about the OP that I'll get back to on my talking points, actually, mm-hmm. later on. So uh, stick a pin in that, folks. Like, pins everywhere. Like, that's my new skit. Uh, I hope this is not the talking point, but AG's jacket in the OP. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I would wear that. I would Holy shit. Wear that. It's good. That is a good jacket. Like, that is... Okay, open question. Let's make a. In fact, we'll make a swear part of this just for shits oh. and giggles. Uh, which jacket is better for these two anime characters? Kaiji's jacket or Eiji's? I will make that. it. Now that's a question. That's a question for you right there. Shadon. Because I would own both. Can you put it on the poll as I talk? Uh, let's have a look. All right, so. Here we go. Marvin is torturing uh, Ag. That's that's what we're we're getting into here, uh, or he's preparing to. Right? Uh, no, he does. He does. He he kicked the shit out of him off screen, and then they throw him in the garage with Skip and Ag. Ag, in very typical like good boy boyfriend fashion, like bandages Mar um, bandages Marvin, bandages Ash up. <laughs> no, he's no, like, just like, don't. Is he the assault no, no, Is he no, back no. alley doctor? God, bandages up <laughs> Ash. Hey, bandages. I got with... a wounded man back here. Can you help us out? Uh, <laughs> with uh, part of his shirt. And uh, so Ash then, like, uh, tricks Marvin, 
in uh, his his way. You know, he's using his uh, his boyish wiles, his sex appeal to allow Marvin to drop his guard. Uh, kicks Marvin. They run away. Aji manages to escape because he's a pole vaulter. And he rips a lead pipe off of a brick wall and pole vaults over uh, a barbed wire fence, no less, uh, into a pile of boxes and shit. Ends up cutting himself, injuring himself. He loses a lot of blood, uh, such that he passes out shortly thereafter and, and goes to the hospital. And uh, Arthur uh, says to... This is very, like specific detail but arthur tells marvin if he wasn't so perverted Mm -hmm. uh then ash would not have got away that definitely made me roll my eyes but you know well we're not meant to like arthur no so he can he can make those comments like well as far as i'm concerned i hope he gets his fucking fingers chopped off and fed back to him that's how little i like him right now but which is entirely agreed agreed um but it goes back to the internalized homophobia i think i think it's going to be the case with a lot of characters um yeah that seems to be a winning trend at this point uh shorter our boy purple mohawk shorter uh Mm. an an alt color version of duck king from fatal fury (laughs) he's he's on the hunt uh he's finding out uh where his buddy is Mm -hmm. um the cops um, are talking. We, we have a scene with them while Ash is in the hospital. The two detectives we met from before that are on good terms with Ash, they reveal that the suicides that uh, have been popping up are actually, like, they were all Dino's enemies. So, or are they really suicides? Um, so, well, like, you, like how you said perversity, big air quotes, suicide in gigantic, colored yes. uh-huh. air quotes. So, uh, so Shorter then shows up. He crashes the party, finally. He's found out that they're at the, the East Wharf, and he and his buddies uh, throw down. Uh, Ash manages to get free, and it's, it's war. You know, guns firing, people kicking the shit out of each other. It's great. Uh, then the cops roll in, you know, because Aji told them uh, where everybody was. And Marvin is so, you know, fucking mad that, mm-hmm. you know, he want, he's pointing a gun at Ash. He's going to kill him. He's like, well, I wanted you to die slowly because I hate you. Because I love you and can't have you and you rub my nose in it, so I'm going to kill you. But then... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Skipper, like, jumps in the way. Because he's mm-hmm. like, no, Ash, like, no, and... Marvin turns around and puts two in his chest and kills him. Yeah. It fucking... It really sucked. It really sucked. Now, may I ask you once again, while I talk, to uh, tend to the... The Twitter. Uh, because I would like you to put on the poll question, were you surprised they died in episode two? And you just put a pronoun they and yes or no. Uh, and I'll, we'll probably get into talking about this more in depth later. So, um, Dino, we get a scene of him on the phone making calls. And 
it appears that he's feels very early, but he's turned on Ash. He's like, you can't tame a lynx. Fuck it. Like, let's uh, let's squeeze this boy. Let's crush this boy. Scrag him. Get the banana fish. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, let's do it. And so they rig a setup. Uh, and uh, AG, or sorry, not AG, Ash has, uh, even though his hands are bound together, he has commandeered a car and followed Marvin mm-hmm. into a hotel. And yeah, not exactly driving ten and two here, but that's no. right. <laughs> right. So uh, he, you know, beats it up the stairs to follow Marvin and uh, opens the door. Marvin's dead. He looks like he's been shot a couple times, maybe three or more. Uh, pretty clear to me uh, who it was that did that, Mister uh, mm-hmm. Evanstein, the cop. Uh, oh, that prick. That enters the yeah, we'll scene. Talk, we'll, t- we'll talk about you, Evanstein, you unmitigated piece of shit. What a, what a garbage we're, human. God. Fucker. Fuck, fucking cop bent as a dog's back fucking leg. I can't survive on a police pet ship. Like, go fucking eat a bag of dicks, you fucking bellend. Oh. So, Evanstein. like. It, Sorry, just to interrupt you there. One thing I should stress, by the way, folks, to people who have like recently joined us from Franks, is that normally when I get mad about like you know characters and such, and I start throwing out profanities and mixing my words together, like you know I'm doing the world's worst you know insult mixtape. Generally speaking, in Franks at least, that was because I was genuinely annoyed at how the characters were acting and how the story was going because it was just shite. But my annoyance of what's happened here, such as with um, Skipper's death. And also with what's happened with Evanstein, that is the way the show wants you to feel. I'm just articulate probably quite strongly, but that's intentional. You're not meant to like the fact that that happened. Skip, you're certainly not yeah. meant to like the fact uh, like Evanstein at all. So just so we're clear, this is not me like hating on the show for once. It's just me expressing the emotion that the show wants to Me just right. you know me being colorful about it. Yes, I think it's. A- you know, this is like this is the mark of a good show that it can that it understands the reaction it wants to get out of you, and then it gets it very, very strongly. Totally different from other things we've covered, which shall remain nameless. Good. May uh, stay that way forever. <laughs> yeah, crossing my fingers for that one. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Evan Stein uh, shows up. After uh, Ash realizes that he's been framed, like as soon as he sees him dead, you know the cops enter because they were following him, and oh shit, it's a setup. Uh, mm. his, the, and the two friendly cops are out of their jurisdiction, so Evanstein takes him and uh, interrogates him by uh, using the uh, porn that mm-hmm. Ash was in when he was uh, ten or eleven years old both mm-hmm. photos and videos in the police station to uh, to make him crack, to jar him, to get him emotional and, and sort of trigger this traumatic, traumatic reaction in him. Now, I'm no torture expert, so I'm not really sure how this is supposed to make him talk. Jesus, thank Christ for that. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were a lovely guy. I didn't have you down as like, <laughs> you know, being a CIA waterboard or anything like that. So that's good. I'm, I'm glad you at least got that out, out there. No, I, I, you know, was on that track and then I changed majors. So, (laughs) 
Uh, no, so... A wise and ethical choice. Like, also, um... I mean, so there's some really great character acting by Ash in this scene. I mean, like, oh. the, both the animation and the voice actor, like, they really yeah. sell yeah. that here's this real trauma coming back into the guy into this guy's life that that has really scarred him and that he does not he does not want to even think about for a moment i mean they he's very pale even paler than usual he's mm-hmm. you know panting you can hear he's like you know on the verge of a panic attack if not outright having one it's really great um and probably like my favorite bit of unintentional comedy in this episode is when the uni comes in to transfer him to the hospital just the uniformed you know could be a traffic cop walks mm-hmm. into the room uh there's a you know spread of child pornography on the table there's a video playing on the other wall hasn't been turned off by evanstein the uni doesn't bat an eye he just walks in there like and all right ash let's go <laughs> hospital and then I, leaves i had not even i had not even thought that just... but that's so true like wow i mean well don't get me wrong what's happening here to ash is awful fucking disgraceful and terrible but i have to give credit to that guy like that's employed the mum shit there like you know uh i could handle this yo let me just come in do my bit take him away holy moly that was that was grizzly you're right that was a really heart-rending scene i mean it yeah. hurt me dude it really did um not a lot more to go through uh you see that we get confirmation if you didn't guess it by now that evanstein is dirty he's on the phone with dino as you say he says you know he's on the, he's on the take you can't live on police pension alone so you gotta get in bed with the mob and sell out the good boys. You're quite right, Kay. Um, that is exactly what Evanstein was trying to do. He didn't even need to get Ash to flat out, you know, say anything. Because you can make the yep. link. Like, if you're, no, you're right. If, you, if, you, if you're completely, like, unknowledgeable like that, let's say you're someone else in the police department who's watching the interview tape of that and the film footage of that, uh, not the actual pornography, but rather the interview, and you see that happen, and then you see Ash's reaction, your immediate connection is, well... That's all the evidence I need and all the motive I need for him committing the murder. Like, fuck. No, you're you're totally right. Also, Kay, that um, I mean, he says that you're right. Evanstein basically says that outright. You know, as the trauma and tension in the room escalates, you know, he does the like thing where he slams his head on the table. And is like, he did it to you, and you killed them. Admit it. You know, does that whole thing. And, uh, I'm actually very glad you didn't do, you know, torture and interrogation because <laughs> you're scarily good at that. That was impressive. Um, well, I have kids. This is what we. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, do you, Don't ever do, do that any, to the children. Do your wife play good cop, bad cop. Who's the good cop and who's the bad cop in your family? We we play uh, good cop and gooder cop. We're very we're Aww. big softies. It Aww. sucks. No, we're very Aww. listen. It's not good. It's not good. But. Uh, so let's see where are we in the story so uh the the red-haired the curly-headed cop i don't have most of their names down yet but uh he like in a very sort of weird move i mean he makes sense of it but like it seems a bit of a reach to me asks ag like hey uh can you you know get uh ash to 
Yeah, relents. Yeah, was a bit of a jump on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he justifies it by saying, look, he saved what, you. Do you, re- do, you re- do you reckon he's read the manga and he knows what's going on? <laughs> he's just like, he's doing some big station, push him in the yes. right direction? Yeah, this fucking this grandfather is. paradox going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... No, totally. You're just sort of like, well, I mean, all right, you know, he did save him. So, sure. I mean, I guess anything is worth a try if you want to save Ash's life, right? And thinking, okay, save this kid so maybe he can get him to, like, give up whatever hold he has on on Dino, give up his trump card. And they have uh, a conversation in the hospital, do Aji and Ash, and Ash, like, envies, envies the freedom of uh Asia. and he says you're able to fly and i don't think he's just talking about the pole vaulting no um, it's a it's absolutely a metaphor but certainly christ you know like how i said before like when we had like you know the Rory desho conspiracy theory of things linking together we had of course the return of papa and banana fish and now we've got the return of the concepts of flying and in two episodes it's already been sold way more to me than anything that ever came out of that fucking bastardized co-pros you know, 24 episodes of meandering nonsense. So there's your link, but here's how you do it right. Yes. Um, and so Eiji ends up not even asking him to mm-hmm. give up the banana fish. Oh, by the way, good call, Kay. I believe it is Charlie, the, the red-haired cop. Charlie. So, yeah, so uh, they don't... Eiji, <laughs> like... You know, he just says that he couldn't ask him something like that, like, to give up something so important. He felt like he couldn't, like, it wasn't his place. Like, he just felt, I guess he saw how committed Ash was to this, and he could tell how important it was to him. So he did not want to try to pry that away from him. And so uh, Dino has made a call to uh, a judge who has expedited Ash's arraignment hearing. The defendant wasn't even present. They just pushed it through, sent him to prison. And he's going to state prison and... Uh... Oh, don't you mean Arkham Asylum? Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. That is literally why I thought it looked like it was just missing the raw iron sign above the gates. Like, state prison, oh, this is going to be like some like really nasty concrete correctional facility. You know, it's going to push your balls. But on the outside, it looks like a boarding house. Uh, not that, of course, that makes what's inside any more pleasant, of course. Adino owns a warden. Um, and so, you know, he's showing a particularly nasty-looking gang of, of uh, inmates, none of whom we, we see their faces, mm-hmm. but we see the sort of menace coming, like, oozing off of these, like, tattooed arms and big snake. wide backs and yeah. thinking okay the yeah the these are you know a hit is basically put out on ash here uh is it a hit though uh, this is something i'll get back to i'm not entirely convinced it's a hit as in to kill him mm. uh yeah i don't even i don't remember if they actually say that they just i'm ah, i could well, be assuming stuff maybe they're I'm... trying to like you know get out of him whatever it is they're just gonna make his life hell every day until he gives I have a it theory, up. I have a theory on this, which I'll get to when we get to the points I'm going to talk about. The last big thing that really happens is the cops basically get on, like, are trying to get on the horn to their man in jail, uh, mm-hmm. who has probably the greatest, like, one yeah. of the greatest anime <laughs> names, Max Lobo. 
Max fantastic Lord. name. That's that's is that's so good. Is he a DC Comics fan? Like, I am the Max <laughs> fan. I am the main man. <laughs> that is a, that is a name. Like the names of this show, generally speaking, are pretty good. Yes. It is the best name I've encountered in anime this year since I watched Kekai Sensen and met Stephen A. Starface. So <laughs> it's it's up there, Max Lobo. That's pretty genius. That's legit. So, and that's that's pretty much it. Uh, then we kind of mm. roll roll credits with the very subdued ED song, uh, and that's episode two. Mm. So, yeah. uh, I guess now uh, it's uh, time to move on to talking points. The talking points. Okay. The one I'll lead off with here is actually to rewind to the interrogation scene in which the honor played, particularly of Ash as a kid. So, I want to talk here about the idea of direction leaving people's imaginations. So, here's the thing, right? First, just as a disclaimer, by the way, um, I am going to talk about what actually happens in this is being disgusting, but I'm not talking, of course, about the act in a vacuum, like it's gay sex. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But rather, the context is what actually makes it, you know, pretty vile. So, the way this was presented to us, uh, the audience, when we watch this, is that we don't see even maybe, like, 5% of what actually happens in that video. The most we get is a shot of, like, the bed and what might have been Marvin's thigh. Maybe. Maybe it says, I don't know. So... Let me talk about what the imagination can do to people, because this is, in my view, a horror scene. It's, it's meant to horrify mm. you, yours, and indeed it does the characters in there. Not just Ash, of course, for whom is having painful memories and old wounds being real, but also the cops who are with him as well. Um, Charlie, for example, says he's going to keep. So, one of the things I really appreciate about this is that when you've gone from a manga to an anime, I imagine in the manga, that insert shot that we had of and Kay, since you've seen it, please chime in to tell me if I'm correct or stuff. I imagine that that insert shot we saw, that, that one frame or two frames there, was all it was in the Mac. And then it cuts to the next frame, which would probably have been a bash, like, you know, not looking, refusing to look at the camera. So I am very happy that if that is the case, and I'm again speculating here, that they kept it that way. Because it leaves in our minds you know, open, it leaves our minds open to imagine it, and there's something about an intangible, you know, understanding of something terrible that, like, if you've ever seen a movie, for example, where someone is run over, and the movie sometimes will cut away from it just before the point of impact, the idea behind that is because every individual person goes immediately to the end level of imagining how awful that is. So, we don't need to see like, the literal event I mean, they can't obviously do that for a variety of reasons. Any it's like you know, set standards and practices. And all. But this is what I like about the show so far. It keeps things understated and and allows inference to take over, allows imagination to take over, and allows you to you know let your own mind imagine how horrible it is. I mean, how you would envision that scene got is probably different in some respects than how I would have been if if it if we'd ever you know got animated. But. I was very impressed that they allowed that to be the case, to allow it to sell the horror, because it's just something that you come up with, like knowing that it's that man, that disgusting pig of an of a man, he's a animal, 
have his way with Ash when he was merely 10 or 11. Like, just alone thinking about that conjures up unpleasant images in my mind. Yeah. And I think that that really sells it. I think that really sells the horror far better than you could have actually, you know, done by showing it outright. So this is a prime example of how less is sometimes very much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember talking a little bit about that, and granted, the horror being imagined is nowhere near you know what what this could be but uh in angel's egg there are a couple scenes where you know before the young soldier traveler boy right before he pierces the egg with his sword uh cross thing they cut away and Mm -hmm. so that like it and you just you don't even hear the sound uh Mm -hmm. and you don't see like or that maybe that's it i god why is my memory so bad Maybe they don't, like, cut away from... Like, they don't show the egg, but they sort of show the boy doing the motion. And yeah, the you don't hear the sound. They, they cut out the um, the audio because I think similarly, like, the kind of blanks that your mind fills in are kind of more shudder-inducing and horrifying. And they do another thing in the movie where they cut away from the girl right before she screams and they leave the sound in. And I guess it's for you to, like, imagine kind of the anguish that she... that uh, that her face uh, yeah. shows. Yeah. You you have to conjure up yourself the actual facial expression that she would have shown. And there's probably something much more primal about what's in your head rather than what's actually seen on the screen, what could be imagined. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have you watched something where it's like, there's a big mystery about the way a character looks, for example, and it's revealed, you're like, oh, it looks like Johnny McNormal person, whatever. It's better to leave some things ambiguous, mm-hmm. because then the ambiguity allows your imagination to take hold. And usually, there's one thing about human imagination, imagination I can speak to quite personally, you tend to assume the worst. So... But that scene was yeah. very perfectly executed. Can't think of any way it could be done better. Yeah, it is, it's really harrowing. I mean, it it really got me for sure. Um, so, Next point. here's my first talking point. Uh, I'm returning to it. Uh, it's from last time. The pace, the pace of uh, the show. Now, I am of, I loved the sort of brisk pace of the first episode. I thought mm-hmm. this is fantastic. Um, I really love that it's just like blow after blow after blow, just things happening, and I'm staying on my toes, and I'm having to just laser focus in. And you know that pace is by and large replicated here. Um, and but but now with this episode in particular, I'm having I'm not disliking it, but. Like I'm, and I know this is probably a function of, you know, everyone who's read the manga will say that things are more given more room to breathe in the manga. You have more time. Mm. Things are spaced out and and elongated, and not kind of crammed into this tight twenty four minute space. But mm-hmm. like I said, I don't dislike it. But this episode made me wonder, like, if we got a different version of this, with, uh. A little bit slower pacing like allowing some things to breathe like i wonder how it could be like i mean the fact that not even this the, the during the second episode right it hasn't even ended 
and Dino has already turned on Ash. And, like, maybe this is kind of the way the story goes. There's, like, a turn and then a coming together and then a turn. Like, I don't know. But Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, um, my... Go ahead. Sorry, go oh, no. Uh, so, um, so I'll just, like, that's... It, it made me... I wrote, I wrote down how I was feeling about it, that, like, there's no kind of... It, it's just so different from 91 Days in this way. And so, ah. again, this this is the thing where people will be like, oh, it's a cliched mob story. It's like, well, like, I don't think doing it, like, one way and also doing it the opposite way, like, both can't be cliched. You know what I mean? One one way has to be novel. Nothing uh, is original, very sorry to say. So you could start throwing that term around anywhere. It's a value-free descriptor unless you offer some yeah. reasoning as to why. I agree. Um, and, and the thing is, cliches can still be executed well regardless. Like, oh, yeah. you know, monster stalking someone in the house. How many times have you seen that in film and television? That is a cliche. That doesn't mean it still can't be exciting and riveting to watch if it was done today, just as long as it's executed. I think that some people mistake the term cliche for an idea of it not being fresh. And the thing is, how you execute something can always be done in a fresh manner. It's just the core concept that's, you know, already been taken. And, well, yep. tough. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know what? Those those are apples and oranges. So I won't bring I won't bring Persona Five into this as an example of something that everyone feels is fresh, but it's not really fresh uh, <laughs> in terms of its core. It just executed really well. So, but I won't dwell on that. Just to finish up the point, I will just say, yeah, like um, there's not like the slow turn that I was expecting. I expected there to be a lot of like Ash and Dino in the same room and there's just tension and you feel it crackling. Mm. I expected a slow coming apart um, because that feels more like 91 days, like where you have someone who's slowly kind of building their strength for a coup or kind of secretly um, turning and but trying to still keep it from the boss because they're not quite in the position of power they want to be. They don't quite have enough leverage. Yeah. And so that would feel like to me more of um more of a traditional kind of um mob story route. And I really like that and I was kind of half expecting it. Um and I just wondered like if this was a different differently paced show, like would it feel that way? Like would would they be together longer? Would the turn feel slower more would there be more tension? Well, was there stuff cut um, out but like but the, again this is not to say that i don't like it because i feel like the fact that we're not even not even by the end of the second episode the alliances have shifted is kind of neat and interesting it's like yeah. well they don't really have the tried and true like they're not going to use up a lot of time kind of playing this beat out so they're going to use their time to do other things and move move things along so i guess yeah. like yeah it could you know it's more interesting it's just different and I like yeah. both kind of approaches to this sort of thing, but um, but yeah, I just wanted to highlight that uh, I'm now kind of I can I can definitely see how you might want something more deliberate, um, mm-hmm. but this remains punchy, and I still like it. Yeah, so. to me, um, nine one days like was the buildup of someone's most of their life. Ash is flying by the sea of its pants, so if there if it feels chaotic, if it feels like things are shifting quickly. That's by design, because he's not had the time to actually properly grow up any sort of, you know, agenda or long game plan. He's, like, 
every single part of this episode is survival moment by moment by moment. Uh, with the one exception of the scene between Ash and Eiji in the hospital, at every one mm. point, Ash is like a cornered animal. So there is that. I had a theory actually watching this, which is I don't think that when you said, when I said before about, like, you know, Dino putting out a hit on Ash, I don't think it's a hit as in he's going to kill him. Wait, is this, is this your second talking point? No, it's not okay. actually. I'll play the sounder when it's your, t- <laughs> when you get into your second point. <laughs> um, but no, um, my feeling on it is, is that what's going to happen is that one of the things I thought when this was going on was like, okay, hold up. Now we know Ash didn't murder Mark. He didn't even pick up the gun that I saw. So fingerprints, you know, there's your evidence right there. There you go. So I thought, all right, how is this going to play out? How would this play out given that? Now, I know full well that, you know, while that would exonerate him because it's a corrupt system, that's not going to be count. But hear me out on this. And if it is this, if this is true or not, I don't need to be told because I'm happy to be surprised on it. But I get the feeling Dino is getting him sent to prison just essentially to have it played with by these inmates. Like, you know, they're going to... Well, you, if you've seen American History X, that's the way it's going. That's the kind of environment he's going to end up in and how oh, he's no. treated. And then, then he will be set free because of that evidence that exonerates him. He has been put back in his place. He has been made to feel like an object again. And um, as Kay rightly pointed out in the chat, uh, there was a scene in which, you know, as Ash is being led away, um, Charlie, I think it is, puts his hand on Ash's the Ash, and then he just literally lashes out like, no, don't, do not fucking touch me. Do not even dare to put your hands on me. Because the way I read that was as he came out of the interrogation room, he felt like he'd been soiled. Soiled watching it. And maybe that's because of the actual acts of watching it, or because he felt like he was back in those shoes again, like he'd been brought down a peg. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it had anything to do with that guy and their their relationship. Or I think if no. anyone in the world touched him, he would he would lash out in that manner because of mm. where he was mentally and emotionally. Yeah, but there are certainly ways I can see this going that would end up leading back to a sort of kind of re- resumation of the status quo that we got in episode one, which is that mm. Ash would once again be Dino's second cat. Just yeah, like, actually. Um. So it's we'll see. We will see. Um, for excited. me, the pacing, I am too. Like, I, I like, man. If there's nothing else you can say about the show, it's now ended on two good cliffhangers in a row. Yes, it knows how to keep you interested, and maybe that's a function of the manga format because I, I can't speak to how frequently the manga came out or what the gaps were between it. But they will have existed, of course, if you're especially mm-hmm. watching, uh, reading it, you know, volume by volume. So. I think that it's actually kind of, you know, really good for the authors who have actually done that. And it's translated well to the television format as well. So, we'll see. But I'm certainly interested to see what happens next. I can see how they might have going back to the way things were, but while also still harboring new memories, new resentments. Of course, age is now a factor in all of this as well. So, let's see what comes of it. So, I believe it's now uh, my second talk. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Let us talk about CG. (laughs) Yes. My favorite. (laughs) My my favorite thing ever. Now, for those of you who have not, you know, watched Mori Desho at length, um, I'm also doing this immediately before I've got my Land of the Lustrous podcast out, in which I do discuss this obvious CG in more detail. 
But for me, for the most part, anime has used CG... How do I put this politely? Terribly. Absolutely awful. On, on the whole. Now, for me, like, CG should generally be used for inanimate objects sparingly. Lando Lustrous got away with it because it was entirely CG. It was entirely about characters who were not, in the strictest sense, human. So it also had a very good style to it. It used certain tricks with its direction, particularly in the scene which Dia, uh, there being, you know, pursued by the Lunarian. I could go on. I'll get the podcast out at some point. You can listen to me talk about it then rather than me derail the podcast now that we're trying to do. But what I noticed when I was watching this episode is that there's a number of sequences that happen which are from the first person. Firstly, Ash, AG, and Skip's escape from the uh, factory. I mean, it looked like the toxic waste factory from Robocop to me. That's the thing that I hold back in on. Um, but when this is happening, they're running through um, like back alleys, and it's first person. But it's definitely CG, the way these things have been animated. And then when Ash actually finally catches up to Marvin in the apartment block that he's in, that is also CG, but it's also from the first person. And Certainly, there were probably more instances. I think there was one instance of Shorter like leaping from up, like you know, dumpster to dumpster or something, and that was CG as well, which was a slightly flaky. But that's neither here nor there. And yeah, I see you doing that. <laughs> but um, my point to this is this: right, when they had it used for the CG, I thought, oh, sorry, uh, CG. When they used it for the first-person perspective, mm-hmm. I thought they did a really, really good job with that because. It's not impossible to animate a first-person perspective in 2D, frame-by-frame, cell-by-cell, but it is difficult. And Mm. so when you've got that freedom of camera movement, because you're operating a camera in a 3D space that's been pre-modeled and pre-rendered, having it, you know, be that way really sells the emotion of those particular moments. Like, you feel like you yourself are running when when they're having that And then as Ash takes his deliberate and measured slow steps, it feels like it helps really build up that moment of reveal like where you think oh god he's gonna burst into that room he's gonna deck marvin he's gonna be a shit and oh well you know he's been turned into swiss cheese so there you go in fact the only bit of animation that was 2d in that was ash's hand which was just a two second thing in the bottom left corner Hmm. as he gently opens the door so again this show like it's doing so many things right and one of the things i did not expect it to do but it is doing is applying its use of cg appropriately it's using it where it's effective. It's using it where it gets the strength of that particular animation uh, method across really well. And it's, it's sold both moments and enhanced them. And again, not saying it couldn't have been done with, you know, 2D techniques. But to me, that just me sounds like smart, you know, sense. Like, okay, here's the thing right. you want to do. How should we do it? We'll do it by 2D, mm-hmm. 2D, super expensive, super laborious, CG. We can still sell it. We can make it feel fluid. And it'll be cheaper and easier to do. So kudos to the show for doing that. Totally. Um, what did you think of the Statue of Liberty in the OP? <laughs> it was acceptable. <laughs> oh, that was, it made me happy. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> say on that. So I guess for my second talking point, um, this one will be brief. Uh, I want to talk about the music because oh my god like they're scoring this really fucking well I mean really really fucking well like I mean the OP hits you and there's like 
damn. Damn. But then, I even liked more than the OP. Like, pretty much right the, like from the next scene, like, there's this synth. And I'm just like, synth. Yes! <laughs> it's so good. Like, it's so... Uh, ladies, ladies, gentlemen, others who might be listening or watching at home, if ever you want to get docs to do anything for you, just start playing synth music. Like, I mean, pretty much. It's like when it's like when you hold like a you know, soft watch for us to emphasize and like listen to the sound of my voice. No, listen to the sound of my synth doc, and then please hand me your wallet. Yes, destroy now. This, if you do steal any money from doc, send it my way as a tip. Just throwing out free advice there for you. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't dispute any of that. I. I love it, and I was I was just mesmerized by it. And there's like guitar in a couple scenes I thought was really rad, also. Mm-hmm. But man, those synths—they really sell it, and it makes it feel more like the or- kind of original time period. <laughs> you know, they feel <laughs> very sort of mid '80s, and feels like a bit of a melange of things. Yeah, cause yeah, we still have more cell phone use in this particular episode, mm-hmm. like, such as when Ig, you know, is injured. He's- he doesn't so much steal as it just kind of falls in his hands when the lady runs away. Um, how that played out in the manga, I don't know. Maybe there's a phone booth, perhaps, or maybe the person question had one of those gigantic brick cell phones, like, you know, way back when. Yep. The ones that, you know, were probably bigger than my headphones right now. Yes. And less functional. Growing up, we called those the Zach Morris phones. He was a Save by the Bell <laughs> character that carried one in a bag. Just a oh, giant. Well. I guess, are they... A rotary phone is different, right? The rotary is a dial one. Yeah, okay, so yeah, no, not those. This was just like a, like multiple bricks, like <laughs> with an antenna that you had to like pull up. And it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, like, and, and, but that sort of, it's funny because that kind of music is, you know, very current now as well. So it doesn't actually sound out of place conveniently. But no, no, I just, uh, I really, really loved uh, the music, and while I type on camera here, um, <laughs> I, because just because I want to once again say the name of the person who uh, does the music, Shinichi Osawa, um, man, what a good job that you've done, Shinichi. Uh, <laughs> the only other anime music credit they have, once again, is for the Ninja Slayer from animation ona triggers work but uh, and i haven't heard the music in that maybe it's really good uh, i might have to check it out now that i am experiencing their work in banana fish because it's real good oh oh my gosh this just occurred to me and i should have said this right at the beginning um but i'll say it now just because i don't want to forget um uh and i just want to like apologize on camera uh, I've apologized to uh, this person in like over DM, but uh, last episode I referred to um, Annie Fem's writer Vry Kaiser as a she, and that is not the pronoun they prefer. They prefer they and them. And Vry uh, was very gracious when I reached out to them to apologize. Um, but I should have known better because even though they're not in their uh, the the Correct pronouns are not in their Twitter bio. Um, they are in their Anifem bottom line. Uh, and so I should have remembered that. So 
uh, to Vry and to others who, you know, might have been uh, put off, might have been offended at my, my ignorance. Uh, it was just that. It was ignorance. It was not malicious. Uh, and I'm truly sorry. Uh, that doesn't, ignorance doesn't excuse it. And uh, I totally apologize. I know how important that is. So, yeah. um, again, very sorry about that. I'll add to that is just that if folks at home who are listening to us as we go through this feel that we're not, you know, up to code, so to speak, tell us. Mm-hmm. It's the only way we'll learn. It's the only way we'll better ourselves. When we're not perfect, and we never will be, but at the same time doesn't mean we can't strive to be better than the way we are right So by all means, please do chime in and tell us if we do, you know, cross a line or something with what we may say. Mm-hmm. I'll say nothing more. Next right. point. Point two right, for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I volley. Is it point three? Is it point three? Uh, did you? Yes, I guess. Now I've done two. I yeah. And you've I done. Side, so. I... How are we losing track? <laughs> it's a small I'm the, number. You're, I'm the one who's had a. I'm the one who's had a catalogue. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So, the other thing I want to discuss well is just Ash and AG's relationship in this episode. Because there's a couple of key things that happen here that change both Ash's understanding of AG, AG's understanding of Ash, and the audiences as well. Like They're all kind of like in a nice little melange. We all learn things. So there is the pole vaulting scene you mentioned, which I will say, like when he said, I'm a pole vaulter, I thought to myself, hold on, that's a bit out of left field. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd expect MacGyver to say that he was a Paul Walter. <laughs> like, I would, I, that's what I would think. But, no, apparently he's a journalist, but also Paul, whatever, I'm fine with it. It's so minor. It's but when this scene happened, first off, there's Ash's reaction to it, which is, of course, that, you know, he sees it and he's blown away by it. But this is also a follow-up to, sorry? Oh, I just, like, I mean, the way he looks at AG, he's like, like he really sees him, I think, in that moment. I mean, before when they when they talked, um, he, I think, you know, was a little bit charmed by him. It was like, you know, oh, he, this guy, he's he's cute. You know, he seems he seems cute. He seems uh, he took a liking to him. But in that moment, AJ was just shining so brightly. I think Ash really like saw him, and that was just a cool moment. Yeah. But this also ties into a smaller thing that happened earlier in that AG uh, actually tore apart his shirt and used it to bandage one of Ash's wounds after he'd been beaten up. Now, this is, of course, uh, Ash learning about AG, but what it told me was that I, in the previous episode, had made not a few jokes about, you know, in good humor about AG being, you know, nice, straight-edge kind of kid, you know, wouldn't cross the road when the lights were red, you know, he wouldn't jaywalk, he wouldn't do anything untoward, he probably wouldn't even vape like he wouldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't, would he? He wouldn't. He would not. He like. Yo, Asia, check out the sweet rig. Nope. No, I don't. I'm no, not he, about that life. <laughs> he would probably find the idea of energy drinks distaste. Never mind alcohol. That was the kind of jokes I made previously. But there's something Is that Nos? Get it away from me. <laughs> yeah, no, we we oh, def- I oh, he came across as that way to me too, like super uh, yeah. naive, very naive. Yeah, very sheltered. Mm-hmm. But 
one thing I learned from watching this scene is that AG actually can be called to action. He's quite competent. Like, okay, he knows that he bandages Ash's wound. Like, he previously saw the blood from the guy that got Jack, Jack got Jacks, <laughs> appropriately enough. That's right. Like, Jack got Jack previously. Oh, shit. Uh, like, that was saw... Jack. Yeah, it Jack was got Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it's appropriate. I mean, does that count as nominative determinism? And answers on a postcard, <laughs> people in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, um, but the point being here is that when there's a call to action AG will do it now he, yeah he saw the blood previously from Jack and he freaks out sees Ash bleeding immediately like it's not even like a case having a banjo but he actually just tears some clothes apart to do it which is you know a step above some having something handy that could bandage that wound and then of course the pole vaulting thing and both Skip and I think Ash uh, actually say to him like if that breaks you're dead yeah you know, it, it could be so, rotten <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, there are consequences to his failure here, and he does get injured by doing so, but... Okay, I've picked up a rot, right, like, I've, so, sorry to interrupt you, I just, no, no, this okay. this reminded me, like, so I spent, like, a few years of my life on, it wasn't, like, a, farm? it wasn't really a functioning farm, but it was Close very, up. like, you know... It was out in the country, like in the sticks, in the, the woods, the boonies. Uh, and there were, you know, animals and there were donkeys and chickens and stuff. This is my stepdad and his mom's, like, land. And in true sort of, like, I'm trying to think of the right way to not say redneck. <laughs> but, like, in true fashion uh, of those sorts of people, like... They had, like, old cars and shit, like, just sitting in, like, the grass and rusting away uh, and, like, yeah. grass growing up. And there were some some pipes as well left over from projects my stepdad did. And he, like, was an amazing builder. I mean, he built, like, a ton of uh, our house and I think my entire uh, grandma's house, his mom's, uh, like from nothing like sometimes it was he and his father but then when his father passed it was just just him and occasionally people helping out um and there were there was pipes and and one day when i was a kid i picked one up that was like very rusty and when i touched like the rust it was like it just like have you seen in the movies when something like turns to ash and blows away like it would look like that 3D effect. It was <laughs> nuts. It was just like just pouring away into like a pile of dust. So yeah. So I really like the visual like of a rotting pipe. Like I haven't thought about that in years, and this show brought that to mind. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you will die if the pipe is rusty or rotten. Well, age you got lucky. Ha. Huh. So there is that seed, and I bring that up because I want to say, like, you know, this is AG proving that he's capable of action. He's capable of, you know, stepping up to the plate when the moment demands it. But then there's a scene that contrasts this, which is the scene between him and Ash in the hospital when Ash is in bed. And they have a conversation here, and you know how you praised the voice acting before and the direction? Yeah. I'm going to do so again because I felt like it's one of those rare instances where I was watching a scene which I thought myself, this character feels like a completely different person than what I've seen before but it was entirely intended it wasn't an out of character thing for him it felt like a natural letting down of his guard the tone of voice was so much softer coming out of Ash 
it felt like he was becoming a regular human being rather than constantly being on edge. Like at any moment, he just wanted to pounce or hit someone or gain a fight. Like he was constant lookout things. Like it was very, very telling. And then the scene in which, you know, like this little thing here, I mean, I'm a bit of a lighting fetishist when it comes to anime. I must admit, I banged on about it in Frank's. So I'll bang on about it here. Like, Ash is looking towards Eiji and his face is in shadow and there's a window of course next to the bed so when he leans over when his face is over he says like I saw you fly when he starts talking mm-hmm. about it, his face enters the light and that is an image a representation of where he wants to be that is him stepping out from darkness mm. into light and if you think that's the only instance of lighting being used well as a mild tangent when we first see Arthur he comes out of the darkness like a slivering out of it like a snake so lighting is used to great effects in this show, and I really appreciate it. But the reason I bring up both these scenes simultaneously is that I had previously mentioned my theory that I thought that AG was on one side and Ash was on another in terms of their characteristics and their general personalities. So we have clean-cut, you know, A-grade, you know, wouldn't spill orange juice in his grandmother's house, AJ. On the other hand, we have Ash Licks, who is basically one, you know, stylish coat away from being a member of the Warriors. That's literally his cloak. No, really, that is literally his character. And I think I think it's myself. Okay, we do. We'll have the gay romance on eventually, which I actually need to bring up as a separate point once I've made this one, just as a okay. small one. Um, and these two, you know, characters, like they'll of course come together in terms of having a romance, but they'll also come together in terms of you know meeting a middle ground in which they've learned things from each other, or you know, gain new shades, their personality, new dimensions. So we see character established as incredibly soft and a character established as incredibly hard come a little bit closer AG rises to action he you know go grows the ball oh, I don't know maybe that's a bad term for me to use but he you know shows the initiative takes action Ash lets his guard down now to be fair to Ash he is still in a place, place of privacy a place of comfort he is healing you know he's been badly injured he's not like you know in a normal social environment where he would otherwise potentially let down his guard anyway but it's a step. It's a step that's been brought on by these events, simply of AG. They're, you know, things are pushing them closer towards each other, maybe not right now in terms of them becoming romantic, but I would also argue it definitely is in terms of them, you know, learning things from each other. Because mm-hmm. I don't think for a second that if AG had just been there with Skipper on his own, and Ash had, if he had never met Ash, would he have done the pole vaulting thing then? I don't think so. I think that perhaps he would have been, he was probably inspired by meeting Ash mm-hmm. and seeing him, you know, take such affirmative action he thought so all right he can do it i can too right so i was very very impressed with this because this is a good like i thought episode one was really solid in its requirements as a first episode Mm -hmm. but episode two to me has done a great job in now saying okay here's how we're going to start shifting we've got these chess pieces we've got you name any game you want backgammon chess pool polo i don't whatever you know starcraft etc Yeah, here's the board. Now we're going to start moving them. And we're going to move them slowly. We're going to move them subtly. So you can get some idea of the long term. Yeah. But I was very, very appreciative of how well directed and well executed all these scenes were Mm -hmm. in service of good scripts. Like, I've been in the desert as far as good scripts anime goes. I have been a thirsty man. I have been dying to get to that oasis where I could finally, you know, have something I had to sink my teeth into and just enjoy. Something that was well written, well crafted, and well honed. By fucking Christ, we have it. 
Um, if I may very quickly go on to my 3.5 point, which is about the gay romance song. Um, this is specifically about the OP. Now, two things actually caught me off guard in this, which is first off that one of the characters flat out uses the word gay, uh, specifically mm-hmm. Skip Riffin. Now, I will confess that I have not seen anywhere near as much anime as probably most people on the planet. I'm in the minority in terms of like how much I've watched, like four dozen. That's probably more than most people on the planet. Well, here's my point, though. I cannot recall for the life of me the last time I actually heard the word gay used literally in an anime show. Um, Yuri on Ice, but that was like a year and a half ago, so I can't say with any certainty. So it took me aback, not because I was like, oh my god, it's this gay. Like, no, 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 that's don't be saying here. I'm just more shocked to see that for a show that supposedly was very subtextual, literally went right in and said oh yeah that dude is gay yeah it's it's funny like as well and yeah yeah i mean i think it is like so this is a show taking place in our world which is sort of in in many ways especially when this was written not designed to accommodate queer people and was hostile to queer people oh yeah i mean just to follow up from something i said in the last episode um, I am so sorry I can't remember their name but um, one of the lovely people who commented on our first episode uh, by the mm-hmm. way thank you to all the people who did yes um, thank you very one much one of the people who commented um, confirmed that yes uh, Banana Fish the manga was set and rested in the time of the AIDS crisis when oh, there yes. was mm-hmm. a lot of persecution and a lot of hostility towards gay people and particularly gay men I mean I'm fairly confident that was also around the time the you know don't ask so tell policy came into play in the American military yeah, man, I re- and I remember. Great yes. idea, brilliant <laughs> idea, fantastic, completely flawless way of handling things. You know, let's suppress the minority even more. Fucking brilliant, especially when it comes to people serving, you know, and putting their lives away for their country. Great idea, nice one, Reagan. You fucking snot-nosed dick. Uh, so... If you had a snot as big as Reagan's, would you not be embarrassed looking at yourself every time you get up in the morning, brushing your teeth, thinking, "Wow, that's a clown nose." I want to say, didn't I thought? I thought Bill Clinton came up with that. Uh, yes, maybe, maybe, uh-huh, it was. Yeah, it was uh, the. the I was going to say because I remember. So I wasn't. I have no memories as a boy of Reagan in the White House, but I certainly remember uh, the Clintons. And yeah, I remember when this became a thing, and uh, uh... and it was it was seen as very progressive uh, by a lot of people especially where I lived, you know, that, like, you're meant to, I mean, just that, I guess that was the idea that you're, like, allowing them to have their mm-hmm. kind of space and be who they are as long as they don't force it on you, which, I mean, when you say that now, it just sounds terrible and gross, but, I mean, that was, like, third-way <laughs> politics, right, of, of the day, but, um, mm. but, yeah, I mean... <sighs> Uh, how did we even get on this? <laughs> because I went off on a rant, as often tends to happen. What were we talking about? Just, oh, uh, yes. The, the um, so, so Skipper okay. used so, the word gay. That's right. Yeah, that took me aback. And what also surprised me was that in the OP, there were no hints that I could make out. And the, I'm speaking just specifically to my perspective of my reading of it, mm-hmm. that there would be any... Like, if you watch the OP and thought, am I going to watch the show? You wouldn't believe from the OP that there would be a gay romance at some point later. I feel. I mean, do, do you 
do you feel the same? Like, you know, the where the elements are? Like, I don't think you even um, see, like, Eiji and Ash, like, interact directly in the open. Yeah, I mean, for speaking from a person who hasn't, like, analyzed it or whatever, like, I mean, it certainly doesn't, like, uh, you know, it's not, like, hitting you over the head with it or whatever. Uh, yeah. But, but again, you know, but, like, our perspectives are weird. Maybe there's a lot of cues and we're just not seeing them. Yeah, exactly. So, but but maybe not. I mean, please please respond, folks. And yeah, please, please tell us. Um, but the reason I bring this up is not actually to criticize it, because I'm curious if they're going to do something with this laser. So hear me out. If I were making this show, one of the things I might want to do is, because this is a two-course show, so we've got 24 episodes to go. Uh, 22 specifically. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I'm actually excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> what a refreshing feeling. Nice. But Traditionally, when animes get to the you know midpoint of their twenty-four episode runs, they do switch OP. So imagine this, if you will. Imagine if the OP that we get halfway through does change to be more overt about the gay you know relationships and it's, and then it itself would be you know a progression from the way things started, which is that it's entirely hidden, to becoming one of the major points of the show. Mm-hmm. Not to say the show will not be about that before then, but rather it'll be the show using the OPs to make a statement about how things have progressed in a positive manner. I'm curious to see if that'll be the case. Maybe that's me over-reading it, maybe I'm wrong, maybe MAPPA have different ideas. It's off me to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> I certainly um, look forward to seeing what they do with that. Yeah, so Kay says that she thought that the opening did a good job of not giving much away uh, in terms of outright textually saying yeah. these two boys are gonna have a relationship, uh, but she that's did she did notice yeah she did notice a lot of symbolism um, and I'll it just that's the thing is I'll have to I think go back and 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 look for it and maybe um I was I was too busy headbanging so <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah no maybe maybe uh, viewers can and let us know like what to watch out for there that might be uh for sure yeah symbolic of what's to come um yeah the, if, we, uh, if we miss anything out that's worth noting then by all means do tell us like we're not oh yeah here to, you know preach that we know absolutely everything christ i know fuck all to be quite honest but uh please do tell sweet us a that. or sweet fa <laughs> you know sweet fa um well you know <laughs> uh he oh I'm sorry, Kay. I, I'm. I'm just like I'm on a roll of assigning the wrong pronouns to people. This two episodes in a row, I assumed by Kay's name that Kay was a she, but Kay is a he. I'm so I'm sorry. Just... What a failure! Yeah, it's fu- <sighs> this. This like you know. I felt I thought the same. I assumed the same, which I shouldn't have done. But thank you for telling us, Kate. Um, we'll make sure to use the proper pronoun from there on out. Like this is the thing. Like as we say, you know, we're not perfect. We will make mistakes, but please do correct us. We're not going to be offended by it. We're not, you know, going to be one of those people like you know who go, oh well, you excuse me for using that for like for not saying that way. And, like, no, we're not going to be like that. If there's one thing that I want to get going is now that we're doing this um, format, a stream of thought, when we're more interactive. Mm-hmm. is just to have people actually interact <laughs> yes so yes there we go please do so please please do tell us uh but anyway that was all i really <laughs> wanted to say about the op and that just in that there's like you know it surprised me it took me back both from those senses but 
that's a good thing. Totally. So, um, yeah, so it's funny, like, when you... There's even... You, you made me think when you when you talked about that there's not a lot of anime that just says, hey, so-and-so is gay. Like, there's even anime like Symphogear, right, where uh, the main character is living with their girlfriend, they sleep in the same bed, you know, it's not... Um, they're not showing sexual acts they do show you know they you know put their hand on the shoulder sometimes sometimes there's a hug i can't remember if they kiss i believe they do but like it's the most obvious thing in the world that these two are lesbians and they love each other but like they don't ever sort of say that they're lesbians they don't use the word gay but like i guess you could say like oh the universe of symphogear is one in which like it's not hostile to queer people so like there's not like labels or whatever i mean i guess you could make this argument if you wanted to right that like in that universe it's not like a designation that 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 is worth like talking about to the characters in that world or whatever i don't know but like but yeah i mean it's just funny you know that that you have anime that are that the characters are in the relationships and things like that but they don't use the word but here you know in this particular setting um, they do, and it's important, and it's important to the identities of these characters. Yeah, it's not necessarily about stating the fact that Myers Gage is the sake of it. Like, we're not having the Mass Effect Andromeda shit here, where you know you literally go up to a random person who's working on your ship and ask them how their day is going, and they go, "Hi, my name is etc. etc. Also, I am transsexual, and I did this because I wanted to come out here somewhere I could properly express myself, because that's something someone would say to someone who's never met another person before, right off the bat." Thank you, Bioware. You used to be good writers, and now you've just kind of... Well, it's like James. It's like James said. They stole Anthem. Stole all the good writers. (laughs) We'll see. The proof will be in the pudding. (laughs) Um, So you do want to avoid that as well. But in this case, the reason that actually happened was also to get Age's reaction to it, and that's quite telling how he does react to it because maybe he's aware somewhat of his own sexuality, and the fact that you know Skipper can just quite easily point and sound like, "Oh yeah, he's gay." Maybe he feels maybe that he will be found out himself. Maybe he's afraid of it. There's readings you can take inside. It's not just simply for the sake of stating outright as if though you were saying, oh, look at him. He's bald. Would you believe? You know? <laughs> I would. So, oh, oh, no, this is actually my hair. Like, it's just a it's a cyborg piece. It's attached to my scalp. I can't <laughs> actually take this off. When I, when I get up, I don't actually take these off. I unplug them from my computer. <laughs> amazing uh i I think we might have uh, touched on all the points i wanted to talk about i mean marvin is a a motherfucker and uh may he not rest in peace yeah i mean i just don't i don't want to make any moral judgments about dessert i just i that guy was a piece of shit um so the, uh, I guess the other one I brought up was how uh, Ash looked at Eiji when he pole vaulted. And I have to say, in that scene, Ash was freaking hot. <laughs> he was like, the the eyes, man. It was, wow. Woo! Woo! It's like, maybe, like, I want to, yes, let's get to the romance, please. Like, I'm very, uh, I'm very ready. Very excited, <laughs> like, for where this could go in all ways and i mean 
fucking like now that skipper you know pour one out for skipper uh has been has been killed it's fucking on dude it's on actually you're gonna make me say it like donkey kong all right that's how on it is and i just (laughs) i cannot wait like it's gonna be fucking war and shorter and ash and ag and all like pistols are out knives are out pipes it's gonna be fucking final fight up in there it's gonna be great i can't wait there is actually one thing i just wanted to mention as well about skipper's death here and and no it's not the black guy dies first kind of trope not in that's not it um if there's one thing that i have seen in a lot of shows i found a bit difficult to swallow is that they would often be in life and death scenarios where it didn't feel like the death part would ever really click there wasn't a sense of mortality to the characters and if there's one thing that happens a lot in this episode is characters getting injured like in theory diegetically speaking or even like outside of that uh ag getting injured and then ending up where he did it didn't need to happen for the story to progress he didn't need to write it that way but he of course ends up with a shard of glass in his arm ash gets the ever-living shit kicks out of him. uh skipper dies like and then there's you know a physical violence if you know Marvin looking like he's if he had had his way with Ash, he would have raped him, of course. Uh yeah, that was gonna that was what's gonna happen if Ash had not, you know, of course, got the upper hand. There's the videos themselves. There is a very implied and tangible sense of physical threat in this show that I am very, very happy is there. Now yeah. I will leave it for people to decide if they feel that Skipper should have died for that purpose, because I'll be honest, up until that point, while we did like him as a character, that seems to have only been his long term function in the show. That, I'm going to leave for people to decide on how they feel about that. I can't think of an answer to that myself right now. Um, I fucking hate it. I hate it. It's not even the fact he's black that's the issue. Um, although, if people took umbrage towards the fact that he was black and died first, that is also a very fair mm-hmm. reading of it. I'm not going to say that's wrong. But um, nonetheless, I do appreciate that the show does have a very strong sense of mortality. By Like, who knows what might happen? People may very well live, but they could end up with permanent disfigurements. Like, mm. hell, Arthur. Arthur and his goddamn fingers cut off. And that reminds him every time he looks at his hand each time, he thinks to himself, kill that one. I can kill him with this hand that I now this have that is still like stitched up around the joints. And that's something I really appreciate about shows like this, uh, as opposed to shows like, well, you know, the show that will not be named. Yeah, I saw that one. Where it didn't feel to me a lot of the time, even if characters did bleed, that they were ever in immediate danger. Especially given contextual cues that were simply not there. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. That there are many, many unfavorable comparisons of that show we could make. <laughs> but, well, um, I'll make. I'll just make the one comparison. That is shit, and this is good. There you go. Job done. Call it a night, folks. Off we go. Hey, that's it. Wrap it up. Um. You know, I had a point, and I can't remember what I was going to say. So, I'm so sorry. That's my uh, bad. No, no, no. It was in response to something you said. It wasn't like that you... I mean, it's it's my crap dad brain. Like, I literally just had it a minute ago to to something you were talking about, uh, the, the characters being vulnerable and uh, Skipper dying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll come to me. Maybe it'll come to me later. But uh, I think that's our talking points run through, unless you have any more. Uh, no, other than if you've already watched this show, fucking watch it. 
Yeah, we spoiled it for you at this point, but I mean, I mean, we, we have okay. spoiled it, but like only two episodes in, so that's one of the nice things mm -hmm. about this format. We can say this point, you should be watching this. Yes, I like, think it's like yes, we can make that call now. This is a must watch. Yeah. Admittedly, you do end up having to give money to Jeff Bezos, which is a bit of a problem. So, yeah. Or you I'll could not. Or you could not. We'll save that discussion for another time, because that's its whole uh, own kettle of banana fish. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> Fuck. I'm that too was, good this That show. was good. I enjoyed that. You look like you actually just had a cramp, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's time for ratings, though. Woo! Uh, ratings. Ratings. Rate, 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 rate. Ratings. Bing. Uh, would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first? Uh, I'll fire it out there right, right now. For me, this was four out of five improvised poll votes. Nice. Very good. Very good. Um, so for me, I will say that I give this episode, he says, stalling to try to think of an object to use in place of a star. Four and a half. <laughs> I think that's flipped. It looks like a half and then four, but four and a half. Uh, Duck Kings <laughs> out of five. <laughs> uh, I, Nicely I, done. I loved this episode. It was better than the first even. It built on everything the first did. That's what a good second episode should do, though. Like, yes. Foundation laid, and now we're building. And that's what, wants me to, that's what makes me want to come back next week. Absolutely. It was so exciting. Um now let's check in on the Twitter poll. I did put them on my own Twitter feed as opposed to the wide dash ones. I didn't have the details. Handy. Oh no! Okay, well, uh, we'll figure that out. Um, so, Twitter poll from last time. Uh, were you a fan of the pacing of Banana Fish Episode 1? Uh, you can tweet at Watery Desho uh, and vote, or you could have voted last week. And you can still travel back in time. Well, you know what? Yes. Uh, that is not sanctioned by uh, the FDA yet, so please be careful. <laughs> Do at your own risk. 72% say yes. They were a fan of the pacing. But 28% were not. And uh, part of me wonders if I asked that again this week how that would split out. But uh, we're going to try to keep things fresh. And uh, right now, if you go to Shadon 1010 you can vote on a couple different polls um so uh who has the better jacket kaiji from kaiji or ag from banana fish right you now you have no idea how tempted i was to write ag from ag <laughs> I, I nearly did it i nearly did it <laughs> it was it was, it was it, I had to, so I dumb like... why does it make me laugh uh, right now recency bias is king and ag is uh is winning but it's early days uh, and also, uh, were you surprised that they died in episode two? Um, mm -hmm. So far, only a few votes, but it's 100% yes. Uh, I guess it's everyone who uh, didn't read the manga. Uh, 
is is voting there but uh but please go to uh shadon's twitter i will have the main watery death show twitter uh retweet those out for your voting a pleasure um but that's gonna do it i think this week we set our piece for Mm -hmm. banana fish episode two so if you want to hang out with me um talk at me about uh banana fish anime uh future funk politics whatever um i'm at the subtle doctor on twitter uh hit me up you can find me at shaded 101010 on twitter just one quick thing i want to throw out there as well just in general which is that recently we passed 300 followers on twitter and we're very close to 200 on youtube so to everyone who has followed us uh, both on youtube or on twitter uh, from the bottom of my heart thank you guys so much for taking the time to join us and listen to us week on week month on month whenever you might want to join us wherever you might want to join us always a pleasure to have your company and your time and we'll continue to make content that you enjoy as much as we can as well as we can with a couple of goose here and there because that's how we roll uh, but uh, seriously thank you it means a lot uh what he said 100 percent like thank you we just passed 100 followers on soundcloud as well um the free c1 exactly exactly that it's a weird relationship how like the plays that some of our episodes get on soundcloud i mean this is going to sound like i'm bragging but um you know they're in the hundreds and hundreds and yet we just now passed 100 followers so this is how soundcloud works um i just froze for a minute there but now i'm unfrozen uh anyway uh that's what i get for bragging about our fucking followers <laughs> but but basically this is just me saying oh we've like, now got to 300 haven't you because someone said like oh i'll follow it i'll, I'll yeah. it it's <laughs> um no i i'm very very like appreciative of our audience um speaking and... of which uh special shouts to Kay. uh thank you so much for offering your insights on this episode today for sure man uh, and you will and you will indeed see us next week yes thank you so much. and grizz my boy uh monocle grizzly on twitter uh a long time we have followed each other and i appreciate mm-hmm. him hanging out with us as well uh this afternoon um but i guess i will uh shut us down and just say hey for shadon i'm the subtle doctor uh until next time embrace each other everyone to the ends of the universe. Good night. Good night.